0: What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the show two men who really need no introduction, Sean Noriega and Russ Orhi, two of the best 83 kg lifters in the USAPL, and I would argue two of the more influential lifters currently in powerlifting to discuss USAPL and ESPN. ESPN has been broadcasting a whole lot of strength sports, especially recently, and I wanted to hear these two guys' opinions on, one, what they've seen so far, if they like it, if they're against it, if they're satisfied with the product, and two, if we can make a case for USAPL to be broadcasted on ESPN, what they want to see, why it should be on there, the problems that they're going to face, if it does, in fact, get broadcast on ESPN, and what is stopping it so far, also, we had a really hilarious conversation at the end of the show about uh, who would be like the fan favorite and the least favorite if, in fact, like Raw Nationals ever gets broadcasted on ESPN. Really great conversation. I had a blast interviewing uh, these two guys because this is something all three of us are really passionate about, and it was great to hear their opinions on this. So, a uh, really fun episode, but before I get into... The episode, I, of course, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, visit LeflarBros.com and get yourself some merchandise. Now, you guys know I love my baseball tees, my dad hats. I like my tank tops too, but these fanny packs are amazing. We just had a fanny pack giveaway, and I, I, I just had the idea we have to give one of these away because of how great they are, and you can get yourself one. If you use promo code 2WL10 and get 10% off of your order. It is the greatest invention known to mankind, the fanny pack. Get yourself one for 10% off if you use that promo code 2WL10 and get yourself some other merchandise as well. Also, visit Rivalist.net. Use promo code Angelo15 to get 15% off of your proteins, brand amino acid, Pre-workout creatine. I just bought some mass gainer. I really need that. I need to gain weight. Get that all. 15% off your order if you use promo code ANGELO15. And go get some Stoic gear. That is my preferred equipment whenever I hit the platform in the gym. And the rumor is they're doing a little black label launch soon. And I'm really excited about that. So all black everything. I can't wait for that. And you can get any Stoic product you need if you use that promo code ANGELO10. 10% 10% off your order. Also, since you made it through the ad read and the introduction of the show, give us a subscribe on iTunes, leave a five star rating, and leave a review. And also, we are available on Spotify as well, so make sure to like and follow us. And without further ado, here it is two white lights.
1: Ooh, baby, I like-
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got with me two of the best 83 KG lifters in the USAPL. And according to a game of Fuck, Mary Kill, we played on Two White Lights, these two men apparently would kill each other. I got Sean Noriega... And Russ Orhe on the show, man. How are you guys doing? I'm
2: doing good. I'm doing good. I'm good, man. Everything's been, uh, everything's been good on my end, staying busy.
0: Yeah, I mean, considering you guys would kill each other in the game of Fuck, Mary, Kill, we got to air out any grievances. What's up here? I mean...
2: <laughs>
1: nah,
0: man, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I, just re- I just realized that. That's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I... didn't I, even know that. Yeah, I uh, I. Was driving here. I'm like, what what can I say to open the show? I'm like, oh yeah, they played Fuck Mary Kill and they both would kill each other. Um, (laughs) I, you know what? I'll go the other route. I would kill Hack. I'm sick of all of our (laughs) records being compared to hacks right now. I'm, I'm done with it.
1: It's so funny. Like whenever, whenever you do anything remotely like good, like you hit a PR. Oh, but John did this. Like, Mm -hmm. bro, come on.
0: Like, yeah. I call him 181.
2: Once he made the decision to leave, I've just learned to to forget about him. I just, he's like a separate, he's some some other species.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 181 pound (laughs) Jesus, that's what I call him. (laughs) Alright, but I have these two gentlemen on the show, as I mentioned, one and two in USAPL, and when you're one and two in quite possibly the most competitive powerlifting federation in the world, you have a lot of influence. You have a lot of followers, you have a lot of fans, and this discussion that we're going to have is good to have two guys like you on the show. Because during this quarantine, even though like no sports are happening, there has been some strength sports being broadcasted on the worldwide leader of sports, ESPN. And I know you two are really opinionated and vocal about this. And perfect opportunity to get you know a case for some of our competitions in the USAPL maybe to be broadcasted on ESPN and your opinion on what you've seen so far. So, Sean, I'm going to give this to you first because right now you held the league lead in appearances on Two White Lights. This is your third appearance on the show, so with that accolade, you got to go first. What What's your opinion on what you've seen as far as powerlifting being broadcast on ESPN? Are you for it, against it? How Are you happy with the product? Um,
2: I mean, I'm for it. Um, I think that, you know... For example, one of the things I'm going to say first is I remember ESPN or SportsCenter recently had posted, um, I think it was Jessica Butner's deadlift mm-hmm. from Canadian Nationals, and you know I think we the, the group that, that Russ and I are in, we sent it in there and we were like, like don't even look at the comments because um, people will just say the most ridiculous you know toxic shit um, in response to you know videos like that, and I think that. <laughs> a lot of like the the perception around lifting is everybody just like you know says people can't like wipe their own ass or they uh you know they're on steroids or whatever it is so i think there's like a separation between what people like perceive powerlifting to be mm-hmm. and in our case like what it actually is like what we do in the usapl and ipf is like a lot different than i think what people perceive powerlifting to be um and like i know Almost a year ago, the, the WPO multiply thing was on ESPN, probably in, in great deal, you know, in, in big influence from the West Side versus the World documentary. Uh, uh, like they put a lot of audio in that it was produced well, um, and that probably influenced them getting on ESPN. But, you know, what I saw from that, it was, uh, it was broadcasted live, so going through all the flights. Um, they moved super slow in that fed um, you know there's a bunch of people on the platform it's just not very viewer friendly especially that side of the sport uh, both because of the pace because of um, you know the the optics of, of the platform and then also the the standard that they lift to um, and I think it like feeds the case of you know people will comment on powerlifting posts like oh powerlift is a disgrace to powerlifting or like you know they just have negative opinions associated Mm -hmm. with it. And I feel like that being the, 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 you know, representation of powerlifting is not a good look. Um, just because, you know, we know like, okay, this is not powerlifting in our community. Like majority of the powerlifting community sees that. And they're like, okay, this is, this is not our sport. This is Mm -hmm. something old and dying, whatever. But I'm sure everybody watching this, right. You have like, A bunch of you know uh, a family who's like oh this thing is being aired right and they watch it and like to them that is what powerlifting is um or like with you know julius maddox being aired on uh espn in the past couple weeks and then the spotters and loaders misloading the bar Mm -hmm. chalking the floor Mm -hmm. just like the 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 spotlight is being given to the least relatable, like, most disorganized side of the sport, mm-hmm. at least thus far from what we've seen. Um, so, no, I've not I've not been impressed with it. I don't think it's been a good showing so far.
0: Okay. Russ, how about you? Have you uh, been keeping up to date with some of the stuff that's been broadcasted <laughs> on ESPN? Yeah. Um,
1: so I'll kind of just piggyback on what Sean said. I mean, I pretty much agree with what he said. I think that it's the showings that we've had, um have just been absolutely trash in my opinion um and, and it's it's frustrating as a lifter because i think we all three know the possibilities of what the usapl can show on espn mm-hmm. um just with ron astros alone like I, I like i'm not sure about the numbers but i'm pretty confident to say that ron astros and ipf World bring in the most model like stream views um in any federation so when you see like strength sports get an opportunity to show we're about and they just completely bumble the bag of very frustrating. And it's like we've all been to Raw Nationals and literally I personally feel like going to Raw Nationals is almost like a movie. Um, so on the on the front of not showing what the relatable side of powerlifting looks like I'm disappointed with that but also just the production value of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it wasn't powerlifting but it was still strength sports in general. We had Thor's thousand pound deadlift or whatever. It wasn't I watched the live stream and it just wasn't engaging. It wasn't fun. Like even me, as someone as that's a somewhat of a strength junkie, it just wasn't fun to watch. Like it wasn't wasn't viewable in my opinion. Like the average fan would just look at it and be like, what the, like "This is boring as hell." Like, Yeah, he to develop a thousand pounds, but you know, I have to sit through all this bullshit to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he going through times? So, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then fast forward to uh, Julius Maddox's uh, attempt, which was which wasn't his fault, but. I feel like the commentary, just the way it was filmed, like just everything, like the production value of it, it just left a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel like Raw Nationals alone and it's just live stream can provide a lot more uh, better content, uh, content than those <clears throat> previous events. So it's just like not happy with it, but it's also just frustrating because you see the vision and you see like the possibility, you see the potential. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, and I I spoke a little bit about this on King of Lifts when I was on, but minus the misloading, which is incredible that that could happen on that stage, uh, the entire event is centered around an 800-pound bench press. You have all day to prepare for it, and then you fuck it up at the last second. That's incredible to me, just in a general (laughs) opinion. But when I was watching it, it's like, all right, this doesn't seem professional. This doesn't seem like an ESPN product. And what you said, Russ, I watch the live streams on USAPL. That seems like an ESPN product. That seems like you have everything going for you as far as stream commentary, even though I think the commentary can improve, but that's, I mean, not the most important thing. Lifters, quality lifters. I mean, you have the best natural raw competitors in the world competing at each weight class. I'll, I'll, I'll
1: add some I'll add some pushback to that real quick. Uh the, the one thing that stuck out to me that you said was the commentary isn't important. I would have to I have to disagree with that um, hundred yeah. percent. the commentary is pivotal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I don't like you know, you know when you watch football, man, like you know, the commentary matters. There's certain people who's who's that one dude that was on Monday night football or Sunday night football? Brooger? Like he was like on there for one year and got fired because like he was just not good. Uh, the 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 person that's commentating. Provides uh, context and is able to kind of tell a story. Um, that's why, whenever I made that post uh, for the people that are listening, I made a post kind of giving my idea of what I think a raw national would look like on an ESPN format. Was having um, uh, Ryan, the person that runs the King of Lift, actually do the commentary. My parents, like my mom, she doesn't know shit about piloting; she doesn't know anything, but. Whenever she watch, uh, whenever she watches IPF World, she makes a comment that man, that guy, this commentary is phenomenal. Like he, he's so like they could just hear his passion mm-hmm. and just like really like he adds a lot of context. He adds a lot of like hype to a particular live. Um, so we need people like that that will make the commentary kind of interesting. I just wanted to throw that in there. So yeah,
0: and I and I do yeah. agree with you. I'm saying currently right now, I think the commentary can definitely improve as far as raw nationals uh. go. I'm saying when you get on ESPN, you should definitely have the best commentary out there already for it i'm saying Mm. as far as i'm looking at right now it's on youtube it looks great competitors are Mm. awesome i think the commentary should improve but once you're on espn of course get definitely get ryan on there and i think lifters i would i would volunteer i'm saying this right now on two white lights i will volunteer and you do not have to pay me or give me anything to commentate one of the primetime sessions and I think power lifters, you should have that color commentator guy and a play-by-play guy. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's like, okay, I train with this guy. I train with this girl. Mm. I know this person. I follow him on mm. Instagram. I know exactly what's happening. And you need, and then, like, it would be cool. I think a cool idea would be, like, for different primetime sessions to get a different lifter with mm-hmm, yeah. an obvious experience and the charisma to actually commentate things.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> i'm definitely with you on the, on the commentary side of things um like i know angelo you're a you're a big soccer fan like growing up you know my i'm half colombian my dad's a big soccer fan like i preferred watching soccer in spanish mm-hmm. versus english the, the commentators make it so much more exciting because you know aside from telling the story it's like if you're not a student of the sport the excitement from the commentator will signal to you like, okay, I should be excited yeah. about this thing. Like I might not know a hundred percent what's going on, but hearing this guy's voice get more, you know, impassioned and, and, and elevated, you're like, Oh shit. Like something important is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Ryan, I think supplies that a lot on the national stage. Like one of the things that I've not really liked is kind of what you alluded to having like lifters, commentate because when i you know past nationals for example i've like applied to be one of the commentators of the sessions um because i think i'm like pretty animated Mm -hmm. um but on top of that like i follow all these lifters like other lifters are in the sport seeing what everybody does so when somebody new comes out onto the platform some people have like their numbers in their head they know what the placing is like they can because they're more into it they have a better story to tell and I feel like in recent years, you know, like I've applied and then I'll see who gets the the spot. And like a lot of times it's like an old ref in the USAPL. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lifter comes out and they don't know who they are. Yeah. Or a lifter comes out and they don't know what's on the bar. Like it's just – there's there's a there's a degree of separation there where they're like not really as in the sport as other people who could be commentating.
0: Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. And I mean just evidence of that was – when I was, you know, of course, my first Raw Nationals experience, I had to re-watch the live stream of my flight. They called me Angelino Fortino, which they just threw in fucking, like, different... Like, where do you see an N at the end of my name? So, they called me Angelino Fortino. And then, at the Arnold, me and Zach uh, great, great competitor, we had a laugh about this. We watched a live stream, and during our live stream, they were like, oh, you know, these are some really good numbers, but... Tomorrow is actually where the real competition is going to be with the with the pro-American. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how did you throw us under the bus like that? What the fuck are we... I'm like, and, and then we got more mad because we're like, the top five guys, I was fifth overall. We could have... Fifth overall would have won the pro-American based on IPF points. Oh,
2: yeah. You oh. and then Delaney competed your day, right?
0: Yeah. And Delaney yeah. came in second. Daniel Clemens yeah. won, or uh, Jonathan Garcia won. Yeah. Daniel Clemens was third. Zach DiCostanzo was fourth and I was fifth. And on that even, day we would have won wise, What's up?
2: Sorry to cut you off. I was gonna say, even total wise, like Delaney put up the third best eighty three total of all current mm-hmm. you know, USAPL eighty threes. Yeah. And he was the day before the day the, the action was supposed to happen.
0: Yeah, and we were we were sitting there like, are we Is it arrogance that's speaking from us right now that we're kind of offended that they just said (laughs) that about us? Because we thought we did really good, and there was a lot of records being broken on our day. Um, And it's not like – because, I mean, I'll I'll digress into different points here, but, you know, it's not based on qualifying totals, really. It's based on if you could sign up quick enough. And a lot of us just weren't able to sign up quick enough for the Arnold. But I agree with the commentating. It'll be nice to have a guy like you, Russ, me, being like – Dude, Zach is a fucking beast. This yeah. guy, like, the number, yeah. the squad he's about to put up is incredible. I probably can't say yeah. fucking, but I'm probably going to slip at least once on my commentary. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, same thing with Delaney. Like, Delaney right now is, yeah, the third best 83 kg in the USAPL right now. Um, 790 yeah. total. That's He has a great chance of making some real noise in Nationals. And not a lot of people know him because, one, he's not active <laughs> on social media, and two... You know, the commentators don't really know lifters who are competing. And and you guys brought up some really great sports. Uh, I always have to bring up professional wrestling uh, whenever I talk about anything. But professional wrestling, like in the thing, the commentary aspect, fans get legitimately angry if a commentator doesn't hype up a moment enough because a lot of times commentators make the moment. The call no, no. is important. The call is really vital to the... Uh, viewing aspect of it so if you don't have that then like what you both said the moment might be uh ruined a little bit
1: like even going to basketball um you I, I, the, the name slips from my mind but like i love i love nba playoff basketball because uh you know you have that one commentator it's like uh he goes from three bang like you know just like little oh, yeah, moments like yeah, that yeah. And it's yeah so i feel like uh yeah i feel like it's just—it's once again, man. It's like in my head. It's just frustrating because you just see the potential, and you see all these other like, see all these other like little bodies of, uh, uh, of sports like being presented on ESPN, like fucking like bowling and shit. I'm like, man, if bowling could if bowling and spelling bees to make on ESPN, there's no reason that's why we shouldn't be able to lobby or jockey our way into being shown on there. hmm
0: yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then even with. And it would be great to get that little sport atmosphere too, because even as sports fans, as you're watching the game, you know, you kind of build grudges with the commentators too. And that's like, and that's still part of the sport. Like, man, this guy's a bandwagoner. He's a fa- he's a he's a fair yeah, weather yeah. fan or whatever. And then they start criticizing that guy. It's like actually that stuff is good. That criticism is good because that shows that you know there's an understanding of who's on the platform when you do that. Yeah. So I think all of it, even if it's like bad comments like if say i am a commentary and i criticize a lifter or something like why the hell yeah. they take that attempt or a 15 kg yeah. jump like what are they doing i would have took a two i would have took a five kg jump like Pretty and hard. i do that you know possibly you know it, it, the, the whole media aspect is is important with it as well so if you guys are going to make your case for usapl being broadcast on <laughs> espn what are some of the highlights that you would uh that you would spotlight uh russ i'll start with you
1: Highlights out on the spot, where, like where would you want me to go with this? Like, in particular, like,
0: so imagine I'm a guy from ESPN, and like, you give um, me your best pitch for your product to be broadcasted on ESPN. What would you say?
1: I'll just point at, hey, we are a federation that is, uh, that has, I'm pretty sure, I want to say that we have the most, uh, what is it, most members. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure, and, and, and we have an event here. That is literally the epitome. It is our Super Bowl of powerlifting. Uh, we we bring in huge numbers streaming wise. Um, we have a lot of viewers. So the way that you appeal to people like that is, hey man, we have an opportunity here for you to run commercials on our on our uh, on our stream. Uh, so, you know, we have viewers here that are going to be ready. So, uh, do you want to work with us? <laughs> I think that's the best way to go about it. to be able to. And I'm not sure. I actually have not listened to the new um, King of Lifts podcast with uh, the president of the USAPL, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're trying to do, be able to kind of get some leverage numbers-wise, uh, be able to present to them, like, an uh, undeniable number that's like, okay, we'll put you on the um, But I think that's, like, literally the only... I mean, I don't know how they, the other people did it, but that's the only feasible uh, path that I see with Raw Nationals, um, just numbers-wise, stream-wise, because when you're able to speak their language mm-hmm. and able to appeal to the fact that we'd be bringing money for you guys, I mean, it makes it a lot easier.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Sean, how about you then? Um, you know, I think, like Russ said, I haven't watched the, the new King of the Lifts thing, and, and I was pleasantly surprised to hear. Uh, I think Joey told us. He was like, yeah, they talked about some of the stuff they're trying to do with ESPN.
0: Oh, and by the uh, way, sorry to interrupt you, I told Ryan to ask that question, and he credited me, so shout out to Ryan on that one. Because <laughs> I put on the question mark, I want to be on ESPN <laughs> now. So And then Ryan uh, messaged me. He's like, I asked him the question and mentioned your name. Like, fucking thank you very much. (laughs) But continue, Sean. I'm sorry I interrupted.
2: No, no, no. You're good. Um, You know, I think one of the things that they've done really well over the past couple years, probably the past two years now, um, that, you know, is clearly the, like, missing X factor when we watch, like, the Julius Maddox thing or, um, like, Thor's is they've hired – you know, a really good production company. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of my, one of my friends, I think, owns a company, Louie. Um, you know, the lighting, the screens, all of that stuff at Raw Nationals, it really makes it look like a show and it brings it together. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they drop the ball by, you know, putting that production together, but then having such a low-quality stream for it, right, where you're going to get so many of your viewers. So, you know, obviously getting to the point where they can, you know, make that more high-quality production-wise... <laughs> Um, but one of the things I think Russ actually mentioned this at one point a while back, um, following the matchups prior, like, I think that having regular checkpoints in anticipation for the competition where a film crew goes and meets with, you know, Russ or meets with me or meets with whoever. Right. And they get their story on how they got into training. They get, you know, they get to hear their side of things and how they've dealt with the competition in, in previous years. And then maybe, a, you know, a couple months pass by and you're like a month out and then they go and meet again. And it's like, oh, this is how training going. These have been my highlights. Okay. These are the obstacles I face, like building the story going into the meet between like the, you know, top two or top three competitors, as well as, um, you know, building the, the rivalry, mm-hmm. right? Like asking each person about the other person, like getting that... That competition aspect to it, because even though it is a competition, um, you know, in terms of what we see on social media, we like there's not a lot of banter for the most part, at least, right? right. So it's like everybody is viewed as their own individual person, and I think like production quality-wise, to hype up the events, essentially using you know your your you know cinematography to to like pin the people against each other and create some sort of narrative for the meets. Um, I think would be more appealing to whatever crowd ESPN would try to attract.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and I oh, no, I was going to say, I agree. Like um, Just like, because you know how you have those little intermissions in between bench, wide, and deadlifts. You can literally have those playing in between or just in between the 10s or get to know, like, you know, just like little dead points in the where You're like, oh, let's get to know uh, Sean O'Reilly. Or let's get to know Russell O'Reilly. Or let's get to know um, John. Like, just little things like that. I think it goes a long way um, to creating a product that, is pretty much on
2: their island yeah. yeah one more thing i wanted to add to that is like if you guys have ever watched like american ninja warrior like yeah they maybe. have that before they go out or between yeah. events, whatever it is where they like they make you develop some sort of like relationship or like uh, emotional investment in the person yeah. you're watching right like they'll have this person they'll be like oh he's a firefighter uh his mom you know had cancer or something like they create yeah. a, a story and attach emotion to it where like, you know, they'll promo it before the person goes out so that when you're watching them, it's more than just, I want to see you lift this weight. You're like, I like this guy or I don't like this yeah. guy. Mm-hmm.
1: And even for the in public, man, that, that entices people so much is what people don't realize is that is people. like this isn't an unattainable thing. Um, maybe some of the numbers that we're doing, um, that's going to take years and years upon years to accomplish, but getting into the sport itself it's something that anyone can do. The barrier of entry is very um, low, quote unquote, right? So just like what Sean said, like being able to show backgrounds of different lifters, like, oh, this person's a teacher. Oh, this person works at a fire station. Oh, this person's like a mechanic. Like, and you're a power lifter and you're here on this stage on ESPN. Like, bro, that'll just drive in more members and more eyes into the product. So, um it's it's interesting. Because that's like one of the things I try to highlight as well. It's like you don't have to be like a, a fucking super strong person in order to be a power. these are again, like being able to show the backgrounds of lifters and have that kind of stuff displayed on um like platforms like Raw National would just go a long way.
0: Yeah, I, I love what both of you are saying. And it's you could even bring that like just that visual evidence to ESPN. Like, hey, yeah, we got marketable stars here. We got people yeah. you can actually market. And if you do that, say it's like all right, Let's put a spotlight because we can't do it with all of them, right? So let's mm, do yeah. it with. It would obviously be U two in eighty three, right? So let's mm. let's bring let's bring in the uh, like their history and past meets. Bring in the film crew, have them go through their training. But then if you get a guy like Delaney Wallace who comes out of nowhere and then you know has a great showing, it's like whoa, we got an underdog here. You get that yeah. story to be built a little bit more, and and the good evidence of this is last year, you know. King of Lifts does a show on the Battle of the 74s, the top four 74s, and then people were actually interested in it. There yeah. was a little bit of a banter going on. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if I would use the word beef, but there was, there was some interest there. But King of the yeah. Lifts could only do that one show because Ryan's only one guy. If yeah. I thought there's, there's storylines for every single weight class. You can create that story yourself with ESPN. You can highlight those lifters in each and every weight class because, I mean, I I think that 93s are just about as competitive as 74 as far as, like, who can actually win on a given day. Mm -hmm. And, And the other weight class as well, but... That's kind of the pitfall that we're going through right now. It works. It's a proven formula. When you build a story, when you build a narrative, people do tune in. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, it's only one narrative that we can get because Ryan can't be everywhere. I can't be everywhere. It's And then who listens to what? It's on a podcast format. It's not exactly as appealing as a visual format um, like yeah. ESPN can provide. Yeah. And even so, like,
1: there could... That'd be cool to have a Raw Nationals pregame show. <laughs> like I, did, I, I just thought about that. Like all these things that you're saying. Like let's say like the prime times, um, they get that. They get that luxury. Like mm-hmm. you, fly, you fly out a, a film crew to every single prime time lifter for each weight class. Give a background. I mean, that's going to cost a shit ton of money, you know. But I mean, uh, just get like the background story of that lifter, how where they're ranked at the moment, like where they come in, mm-hmm. and what their expectations. Are. You know, just like a little pregame show for uh, pilots. And they do that for boxing. They do that for. For uh, football, NBA, like all these old, I mean, that that'd, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Now I think about that A little pregame show, like you have people like commentating. Yeah, like, so-and-so is going to do this. You know? Thirty be minutes between the uh, before the meet starts, that'd be cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and you get you have a lot of people to do that as well because you have powerlifters who I think will volunteer to actually take that opportunity to talk about the sport because if you're competing at Raw Nationals, there's going to be. Uh, almost hundreds of people who are passionate about the sport, who love the sport, who are articulate, very intelligent, and they can speak about certain things that are happening. Um, and another thing that I always think about is what you said. You know, they're everyday people, Russ. You said, you know, a guy could be a mechanic, could be a teacher, could be any one of these things, and he could powerlift. That, to me, when you see the background, is such a good opportunity being like, man, this guy looks cool. Like, I want to be that person. Like, I want to be, like, exactly. He's like he, he doesn't look like a freak. And yeah, guess what? Exactly. It's a drug-tested federation. I'm, I know I have yeah. to put in the, the whole thing. I know drug-tested doesn't mean drug-free. I, I don't want to be well-actually 7,000 fucking times when I release this episode. But it's a drug-tested federation with a lot of former athletes. You could have a kid coming out of high school, 16, 17 years old, mean like, you know what? I'm decent at football, but I know in the weight room I'm much better. Yeah. yeah, and get yeah. a little bit more motivated into getting into a sport that could be broadcasted to a huge audience
2: yeah the, mm-hmm. thi- the thing that makes me so you know after having seen all the different ways powerlifting and strength sport has made their way onto to ESPN aside from what we've seen as the you know the issues with production is that <clears throat> a lot of what gets showcased right like I'll give you a perfect example CrossFit is the reason so many people started picking up a barbell because you watch the crossfit games and the people are relatable superheroes right like people view them as being able to do incredible things but they're not seven foot 440 pounds they're not you know a really really big dude benching 800 pounds right like they're doing incredible enough things but are relatable enough to people that it entices them to watch more because they're like i can be like that. So when i see how much crossfit got people into lifting and how many people tune in to watch the crossfit games i'm like the USAPL is the the crossfit of powerlifting because it's drug tested. Most of the people have like physiques that people like cuz that's the thing, right? Like you watch it for the strength, you watch it for the athleticism, but like a part of it is vanity, right? Like people want to like look at Jack people. They want to be a Jack person. So if they see somebody who's like 183 or 205 and they're lean and muscular, they're like, okay, that is, that is something I would strive to look mm-hmm. like. Right. So like we are that group within powerlifting. So assuming the, the steps are taken to produce it properly, right. You are going to funnel a ton of people who have never done powerlifting or done a squat bench or deadlift into the sport. Like I've had I've I've known people who, you know, I went to high school with who, you know, they'll see I share like a well known powerlifting and be like, oh my God, like you know this person? Like I started following their YouTuber, I started following them on Instagram <laughs> recently and like this is what I, you know, this has been a new interest of mine. Like I've been into powerlifting or whatever. And it's because like these people are are relatable. And I think yeah. that being an exceptional person who is relatable is going to attract way more people than the ones who you look at as being like mutants or freaks that you've never, you would never reach the that level or even want to be at that level.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, I often draw par, uh, parallels from CrossFit. I mean, <laughs> not more, but I used to draw parallels <laughs> <to> with <laughs> CrossFit to, uh, to powerlifting because I, I see the potential. Powerlifting could literally explode to that level. Um, especially on I mean the CrossFit game used to be a yearly event where it's like oh yeah all watching the CrossFit games all these motherfuckers are so inspiring I want to be just like that like I was one of those people where I'd be watching the CrossFit games I'm like damn that would be kind of dope to, to do CrossFit one day I mean mm-hmm. outside of like the whole running and shit I can't do that <laughs> um, just like just seeing them like it, it just seemed attainable to me I don't know what it was and once again giving those background stories to like how they prepped for um, the particular CrossFit game of the year uh, I think that how power thing has an easier, easier, um, lower barrier to entry. And I just feel like it could exceed that across the market.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I like both of the points you guys brought up. And really, it's one of those uh, things that is not really spoken about, but it is spoken about, where depending on how you look, you get marketed a little bit better, right? It happens yeah. with every sport. Like it's like, okay, this guy this guy's physique, this guy's type can be marketed to a point where the everyday fan will listen. This and this happens for every major sport. You know, there's I would argue that Javier Baez in baseball is more marketable than Mike Trout a lot of the times. Because people think he's cool. People think he's awesome looking. And we have so many of that in USAPL. How many guys do we have are just fucking cool. They're cool, people just wanna be them. You know, I mean, I'm talking to the two biggest trend centers in USAPL, and we'll talk about who has a bigger cult following at the end of the show. But people are wearing crop tops at the gym now because of Russ. That's happening. And, you know, I and, You know, some people can pull it off, some people can't, but the reason why we see it and some really good parlors are doing it, is because they appreciate what Russ does. He's a great competitor, and they want to look like him. They want to be like him. People emulate pretty much everything Sean does as far as training goes. I mean... I think you're accredited to, like, the Larson Plesch being constantly done by every single USAPL competitor. So, and then, and then we look at, and then we look at all the other people. I mean, we're not even mentioning, you know, Heather, uh, Ashton Rouska. I mean, he's fucking, he's a literal superhero. He looks like a literal yeah. superhero out there. There's just so, Ray Williams. I mean, we're not even, we're glossing over him. He, and you have the free lifts there too. He's a guy who could spot yeah. a thousand pounds raw. But one thing as far as the appearance goes, and this is going to be the biggest USAPL natty elitist thing I could say, is it's raw. You don't have to explain a whole lot to the people. When you it's get a WPO meet, there's a monolift. There's all this equipment. They're like, what the fuck is going on with this equipment thing? Why can't he move? And then you have to explain to them, like, well, the you know the way Multiply is, it's hard to move, it's hard to be mobile, so you can't really walk out your squat. It's like, we're all powerlifting, like, okay, pretty easy. Belt, knee sleeves, yeah. wrist wraps. There you go. We gotta,
1: we, we, before you go, John, we got to stop saying that like a shit, bro. Like, actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It is it is. Yeah. man. That shit is just not cool, bro. Like, it's over with. It, it was it was cool, like, back then. It's, it's, it's gone, man. Like, the marketability of equipped lifting, it's just gone. It's just not going to happen anymore. Sorry. Like, the way that you build and you expand and you grow is that Um, mm-hmm. I've mentioned it, like, 30,000 times, but the barrier to entry is... Pretty damn low. So if you have something to where like you're you're lifting equipped you have to explain all these things to the Like no one no one's gonna be able to get that, or understand that. And like some people, like myself, like when I first started piloting, I was introduced. I'm not trying to go on a tent if I was introduced to equipped lifting. It's like which one would you rather go? Because my my coach was a very staunch equipment lifter. He's like I really want you put the equipment. I was like I'm gonna glad to. You. No offense, like, it's, it's, it, I'd rather just see what I can do with my own strength versus, like, getting in the suit. I, I, I respect the um, the technique and the, the kind of savvy that comes with the quick lifting, but that time is just kind of past now. Like,
0: to to expect someone to,
1: okay, let me stop. Let me stop. To go. It's like a whole tangent that's completely different.
0: Well, I will say that I think single ply can definitely be marketed, and raw with raps can not be marketed itself because that's not as complex as multi ply with all the stuff that they do. But the reason why I had to say natty elitist, because I will get an angry DM from one of our listeners saying that, oh, of course you said that raw is the best way to go. You're in the USAPL. And, like, eh, fucking, that's what happens when you have a podcast. You got to deal with a bunch of bullshit that people listen to and it's, it's kind of the cool thing about it too is like people are going to send me some hate shit because I'm in the USAPL well, here, here's the thing about
2: about equip lifting right like we have developed through exposure to seeing raw seeing equip lifting we've only developed an appreciation for the, the savvy or the technical discipline with equip lifting because we have been around raw lifting and equip lifting for so long right mm-hmm. so if you're trying to market something, like Russ said, the barrier to entry is low. You don't have to explain a lot. For somebody to appreciate equip lifting, they first have to go through the process of appreciating raw lifting. Yeah. Right? Like they have to yeah. understand what the sport is in its you no know, not no pun intended, its rawest form before they can say, Oh, I really appreciate the technique of being able to groove the bar path of the shirt and fucking, you know, use the wraps to come out of the box. Like all that stuff comes after. Me. Right? Like, nobody is going to give a shit about any of that until they understand what the fuck a squad and deadlift are. Like, how many people have you talked to and tell that they power, you powerlift, and they're like, oh, I deadlift 700 pounds. They're like, you put 700 pounds over your head, and it's like, <sighs> that's, not, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. A funny, a funny story. Uh, like, whenever
1: I, I can, my dad watched me compete, he's like, he's like, you like, he didn't complete the lift, like, you didn't put the weight over your head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, man. <laughs> I was like, Dad, that's not what it is. And he's like, he he just didn't understand, but it's funny. That's funny.
0: Yeah, one of the most disappointing moments in my life is, like, explaining, because I was really happy the first time I deadlifted 700 in comp, and then it bought up with, like, my coworkers or something, or like, my family, and then they did the whole, oh, my God, you can lift 700 pounds over your head. And I'm like, God damn it. And then when I explain <laughs> it to them, the more I explain I'm like, it's not that impressive when I re-explain it to you guys. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just
2: going to sound lamer to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I
0: should have just said yeah, because they'll never fucking watch me compete anyway. So, it's like, yeah, believe it, I could I could uh, lift 700 pounds over my head. All right, so let me ask you this, because we had a lot of, you know, awesome <laughs> ideas that were being uh, given here. What do you think is stopping it? Because right now, I think if you have a product on ESPN, the very first time it's going to happen it's just not gonna hit home like people want it to be just due to financial constraints and uh, just first time through the wall you always get hurt right so it's gonna be a whole lot easier the second and third time you do it but right now like all the ideas that we have I don't think I, I don't think it's gonna deliver as far as what the viewer wants
2: I mean I mean I don't mean any any disrespect by saying this, but I'm just going to be blunt. I, I think the, the Fed, like the higher-ups, they just don't want it. And they haven't wanted it up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been so much supply. There's been so many hints <clears throat> thrown out. There's so many little things that get done right, and then it just doesn't they – don't, they don't deliver, right? They don't finish or follow through. Um, like, I think with, like, the West Side thing, like, those guys – almost to their benefit are like so far up their own asses that they think that they're like cool enough to be on ESPN. Right. Mm-hmm. So like they took, they put the effort into making the product of West side versus the world. They took the time to reach out to ESPN, right? Like they believed in us being the best, you know, representation of our sport. We want to be on this platform. Mm-hmm. And now I know you're saying with, with King of the lifts, you know, or this recent podcast, like that's something they're trying to do. But I think, up to this point, I think it's purely been the federation itself stopping it, mm-hmm. like with the no-camera rules that Russ had to you know deal with at this past nationals, um, has had to deal with at Worlds, right? Like, Instagram is the reason that these feds are still making money, right? So, like, to blatantly ignore the fact that having better production quality, like Russ being able to pump out a really good YouTube video of USAPL nationals or IPF Worlds, like, actively going against making that happen is just consciously hurting the sport mm-hmm. and hurting the Federation's chances of being represented on this, on this bigger scale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I pretty much agree with that as well. Like, I feel like uh, it was interesting to kind of like hear through word of mouth that they said, that's what they're trying to do. Cause I feel like that's not what they're trying to do. <laughs> like, I feel like uh, they've kind of just skated by. It, it sounds, look, it sounds kind of it sounds messed up. I'm sure they, they work hard and do that, that kind of stuff, but I think that it's just not a priority of theirs to be on ESPN or be on a mm-hmm. big platform like that. Um, I think with kind of what Sean said, just like stifling content creators' ability to put out amazing content with no um, payment, of, like from the USAPL, like they're not they're not like they're they're getting literally free advertisements like for their product, right? Um, I think that if they put in like an ounce of effort into like uh, just supporting and, and, and maybe backing some of these content creators, you could create something for the USAPL um, in itself. Like if you go look at USAPL's uh, IG page right now, uh, no offense to them, but it's just very, uh, it's very lacking. It's very uh, lackluster. And I think that if you go look at cross, CrossFit's page, pages like that like you, you just can see the production value mm-hmm. like it looks completely different and that's the kind of things you need um, if you're going to lobby a product to be shown on Um mm-hmm. uh, so I just think that their mindset is kind of archaic uh, it's just you know I think there was somewhat of an explosion of powerlifting recently um, and maybe they weren't accounting for it it was very niche but now it's becoming a lot more mainstream um, and they're still in that niche mindset and mm-hmm. they're not Maybe now they're still because they have made improvements around that. I'm not gonna sit here and uh lie about that. Like, I every single time I go around Nationals, I feel like the production value has gone up and up and up with Chicago. Um, man, wow, why can't I remember Chicago? Yeah, Chicago, yeah, okay. Chicago was like probably the best one. Also, the, the one the year before that in um, Spokane, where was yeah, Spokane the, the production value in Spokane was, was incredible too. So, uh yeah, I feel like they just need to continue on that trajectory. Um, can you listen to, to or reach out to people? But I think they just need to, to make that effort and, and make that decision. Okay, let's go in this direction. And what do we need to do in order to lobby ourselves into you know, what we're
2: Yeah, I, you know, I think that what you said about it being niche is really important to consider because only up until... I think up until like 2013 or 2014, the federation and nationals was single ply, and I think that like another layer to it is like the single ply powerlifting community has a very niche cult kind of mindset where they they like that they're all the same type of person, like they want to be this 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 fringe group, so to speak. Um, and then with social with raw becoming more popular and then social media blowing it up. I think the combination of of that kind of mindset, because most of the people who are, you know, the EC, the higher up in, in USAPL, have all competed single-ply or still compete single-ply. The combination of that and the fact that, like, they're all making a lot of money. Like, financially, they are in a good place with no complaints with how everything is going within the USAPL. So I don't think that they have had, like, a real incentive to change, right? Because they're all you know, they're all very comfortable with their situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You also think... kinda of get that hipster that mentality. It's kinda of like uh, when you just first discover an artist, like it would be beneficial for that artist to explode, but then you kinda of lose that aspect of, oh no, it was just me listening to it. I only knew about this particular guy. Um so I think it's also that aspect as well. Like, um I like when you start seeing I remember when I first came like when I first started about I first uh, first our national, national. I feel like there was a little like awkward pushback from like the higher ups because um, they didn't, I, I think they didn't know if you're getting a situation from a person like myself that was like, like come in and try to empower out with me. And uh, I like, they, it felt like it was that atmosphere. It's like, I'm not sure if you actually love the sport or you just like what um, it comes with. I don't know. It, I think it, they just hold on to that old idea of like, no, this is like a small community. This is a small group here. We're going to nurture and then keep it like that instead of like trying to expand and grow
2: there was, there was a similar vibe, probably in a more extreme way, when Jesse Norris came to the yeah. um, yeah. U.S. At the time, you know, it was, it was L.S., David Ricks were at the top of the class, and you, you got this feel that in 2015 and 2016, like, Jesse was not welcome there. I don't know what, for yeah. what reason, but a lot of people I've spoken to kind of shared that <clears throat> opinion that, you know, he was being treated in a more harsh way. Um, you know, for having come into the, into the USAPL. I don't know if it's, you know, having come from an untested fed, it's suspicion of being on PD. I have no idea what it was, but it felt like he was viewed as like an outsider to the federation and the culture by the, the more involved people within the USAPL. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a good history lesson. Cause I mean, you guys have been in the sport and experienced raw nationals way more than I have. And the reason why I got into the sport was because of raw lifting so that's a that's a sign right there, right? You have high level competitors coming in because of raw lifting, and I don't I don't care how many guests I've had on, I'm going to say ninety percent. That's just a rough estimate. Have told me the reason they got into powerlifting and what reinvigorated their powerlifting passion was because of Candido and him putting his stuff on YouTube where they could all see, and. I've had some really good competitors on the show and if they said YouTube was the reason why they got involved in powerlifting, hey, maybe you should allow people to put their content out there so you can get competitors like me who's never ex- experienced that, like that single, the single ply days. Cause I didn't know about that. Like the, I know Jesse Norris and all the guys you mentioned, but I didn't know that there's exactly a, it was just a single ply kind of thing. And it was, that was the pinnacle of powerlifting because I joined in 2016, so it was kind of the explosion of raw lifting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with and then all the the other uh, points you guys made is, and I said this on King of Lifts. I just think you got to get some young blood in the higher ups now, um, because uh, yeah. it's I, it, it's like what <clears throat> what we're seeing is what you've exactly said. I don't want to say I don't want to use the word old heads, but now I'm going to use the fucking word old heads. It's the people who are super into single ply lifting and the people who aren't quite understanding the social media aspect and not understanding what the world currently is. Um, just they there is a touch of being out of touch when you listen to them and you see the YouTube page. I mean the Instagram page of USAPL. If you look at other sports, you have like sub Instagram pages for those sports? You have these awesome highlight pages, you know, like you guys follow House of Highlights, Bleacher Report, ESPN. Yeah. They put cool shit out there, and they keep you up to date with the sport, while we have king of the lifts, and that's just really just a highlight thing of just what lifters are doing. But it could be way more than what we have.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, it's saying old heads is, I think, accurate just because, you know, we know that they're, they're you know, the the USAPL is not active on social media, right? Um but because of how much the sport is is constantly shown on social media, how much it's it's developed into something different, right? The sport is something completely different than what it was during their prime or their pinnacle of the sport. So it's almost like they hibernated, right? And then like they come, they wake up, they come out of their cave, and it's like it's a completely different world. Um, and you know, one of the things that I, you know, not to, I'm not, you know bashing anything. But one of the things that I, that I've seen that, you know, re uh, affirms this is like, if you look at the, the USAPL coaching cert course, there's like a, a course, if you want to be USAPL coach certified and, um, you know, be, uh, I don't know what the, the label really does for you at the local level. I know that you would need to be a coach to get to the point of like coaching the IPF team, for example, mm-hmm. but like there's a part in it where they're talking about training. And there's a part in it where they're like, oh, this is how you would like taper and, and, and train going into a meet. And you look at it and you're like, I don't think anybody who is good at powerlifting has trained this way in the past 10 years. Like, there's just no way, like there was a part of it where, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but like, it was telling you to do like power cleans, like a week out, like no powerlifters do any fucking cleans ever. And I'm just looking at this. I'm like, this is just, this is outdated. Like, it's just out of touch. Right. So like. I think that because there's no young blood, like you said, in the, in the higher ups, it's, it's tough to, to advance that part of our, of our organization forward. And, you know, it's just going to take longer than, than what we want, because there's such a hierarchy to it. Like you, you become a state chair and then you become, you know. You start getting more meets. Like, there's all these little checkpoints along the way, and there's so many steps to eventually get to the point of having anybody behind you running as secretary or VP mm-hmm. or whatever.
0: Yeah, and then with just this on top of all that, it's... And let me ask you guys this question, because I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Do you think that think getting on ESPN is a bit too inside the box? You think that's like inside the box and we should be thinking more outside the box? Like how about a powerlifting network where you have a certain group of competitors or you have to have a group of people do this and create our own shit, create our own content, create our own Instagram from young people looking in on it and then seeing if you can work with the ESPN on top of that. Now, I know the reason why that doesn't happen is because that takes a full time effort and you probably have to dedicate your life to that. But occasionally, you have to step back and think, like, maybe ESPN isn't the way to go.
2: You need a shitload more money to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. You have to dedicate oh, okay. your life so, to it.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. So we can adjust that a little bit. We, do, we wouldn't have to go into a network. Um, with everything being online, you can literally just make a website or just put yeah. it on a... The- I'm not saying a TV network.
0: Don't fucking. We're thinking. Yeah, guys. uh, Yeah. TV. We're starting small. We're starting small with this idea. I mean, ESPN started off as just two guys talking into a fucking TV about sports. No highlights. It was two guys like, well, here's what happened. This sucks. I'm going to describe what happened in the Houston Astros, New York Mets game today. This is a fucking nightmare for anyone watching right now. I'm just going to be speaking about it. But I think, yeah, with a website, YouTube channel. And then, of course, yeah. build all those social networks into our own thing where we possibly can do a build-up, where we possibly no, can stream at a point.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, so just with the website idea, we can literally just throw all those ideas out that we – or throw all those ideas that we just had into a melting pot and create that and put it on a YouTube page. Or not a YouTube page, it's not YouTube. Uh, like, it's on website. Uh, where we do tune into the live stream, and then you can literally position that to then go on to ESPN. Because at the end of the day, ESPN is that expert. Um, we would eventually need something that has a different demographic. We want to expose ourselves over to like uh, the average Joe. Someone that watches football but does not even know what powerlifting is. Because if we put it on the website and we create our own network, the only people that are gonna be, you know, uh, for the most part, maybe tuning in are people that already know what powerlifting is. Um, unless we can diversify and kind of bring new advertisers in, but at the end of the day, if we're creating that network, it's just going to be niche. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we need to transition over to ESPN or networks like that. That would give us a whole demographic. Um, there's a lot of times where sometimes you just be chilling and you're, you know, it's like it's 2 p.m. you ain't got shit to do. And you just throw a little something what's on. Oh, shit. Like, spelling bee? Yeah, spell that spell that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like little things like that. Like, it's almost like of the, uh, the CrossFit games. Like a lot of those people don't care to two shits about CrossFit, but it was on ESPN and they tuned in and they actually fell in love with it and became a fan of it. So um, mm-hmm. I think the end goal should be uh, something like ESPN. Because once again, you're just gonna you're gonna build a bigger audience, which is gonna in turn bring you more money. So um, yeah. yeah, I do like that idea of creating a website um, or just creating like an own network, which I think USAPL should do. Um, and then just continuing to lobby that and it's like hey this is a product that we already have it's already cut uh cut and finished like all you have to do is just back it up Mm -hmm. and we'll do the rest so
2: yeah i think you know i think that even with the the concept of doing something like that your own individual network is like the obstacle is still going to be the fed um and the higher ups because you know if you want to have a website like this, right, you need, you need somebody to front the the capital. You need an organization behind it. So no passionate young people in the USAPL could do this because the organ, you know, the USAPL is not going to want the sport being televised or, or broadcasted, taken in a direction that they're not behind. So it would require the USAPL hiring a set of employees to do everything. So, you know, obviously that's i think that would be the most obvious way that, to go about it but again it's going to require so much backing mm-hmm. that it would it would you'd face the same obstacles trying to get it on ESPN versus doing something like that mm-hmm.
0: yeah i i've always like toyed with the idea of and i know a reason why it doesn't happen is cuz you really have to you have to make that your full-time job and your full-time job is not going to make you money so that's going to be a really tough sell for anyone doing it But if you try to do something like that, maybe you have a different product. It will be nice nice still. But at the same time, it's like at least you're doing something for the power lifters. Because what I see with ESPN, the potential is just how are we going to get this broadcasted on ESPN or ESPN2 when you're not stepping over other events that are happening in the fall? You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things that they're like, all right. Uh, part of my take, or not part of my take, part of the interruption is being aired at this time. And the other sports shows, the sport talking head shows, are being broadcasted on ESPN. It's like, do you really want to give up that spot or even create another spot that we potentially go on at like 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night? And, you know, it, it's like, are you really getting the same exposure? Because we brought up the WPO. People constantly say, well, it was broadcast on ESPN. It was broadcast on ESPN 3 where you have to have your laptop and you have to have the membership to espn plus in order to watch it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like if you're doing that might as well be on youtube fuck right it's like it's easier everyone has youtube i mean i just had to get my espn plus to watch soccer games like i have Mm. to like that's not that's not the broadcast i want i wanted to be on espn and that's that's european soccer we're talking about not exactly uh, you know powerlifting
2: you know the the one concern I have, or re, you know, reservation about getting it on on ESPN is the is the optics and the and the viewer, you know, experience of powerlifting. Um, because the difference between powerlifting and CrossFit, you know, between powerlifting and something like CrossFit or weightlifting, is that it's the 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 optics are very open. In right. in CrossFit, they're running in open space. They're lifting in open space. Yeah. Olympic weightlifting, you're lifting on a platform, no spotters there's so many bodies and so much equipment on the platform in powerlifting that I think it would, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you watch like the WPO one, you know, obviously there are many reasons why it wasn't enjoyable to watch, but one of the reasons is that, you know, if you're not really invested in the sport, like having the massive squat rack and having five spotters around the lifter, it's just, it's clunky, it's crowded. Um, and to make a, a live event out of that, where you're following every lifter, you have ten, you know, you have a minute between each lifter coming out. It's it's slow, it's crowded, and I feel like there has to be some way to, to work around that to really make it, you know, viewer ready for the people who are not all in on powerlifting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where production comes in. It's just like uh, the. The, the viewer's attention span is very little. One of the things that CrossFit has that works in its benefits is the <laughs> fact that there's constant action. Like, the, 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 the sport of CrossFit in itself is just continuous action. So um, there's something that's always engaging with piloting, Yeah, I agree that, um, you know, in terms of, like, if you're just, like, a viewer that's just coming in, it's just a, it's a lot of clutter. You're just kind of confused. Um, that's why I think that camera angles kind of help and come in. Um, being able to isolate the lifter itself, and then, like, obviously, I think you can kind of, like, be able – you should be able to see that, you know, okay, this person is the one that's squatting. He's the one that's executing the lift, and the other people are just there for support. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with that aspect to it. Sometimes, like, um, it does look a little bit confusing, but you can kind of, like – you can kind of fix that with, once again, running, like, little, little lifter profiles as they're, like, changing the weight and – of that nature and just make sure that you focus on the lifter and the person that's actually lift versus like all the clutter instead of just having like that, that those like just single shots so where you just mm-hmm. see like the whole fucking platform you mm-hmm. see like yep. 30 people on there just like okay wait who's this supposed to be doing this wait what's that person doing or like yep. oh like, you know like you just kind of like get a little bit confused but i do agree with
2: that another thing that i was just thinking about that could help is like you know we see the, the lifting cast, like, scoreboard in the back, but there's a ton of numbers. There's a ton of lifters on it. It's hard to follow. Like, I think one thing that could help is, like, you know, when you watch professional sports, they're always putting up, like, a stat that is specific to the, the scenario, right? So, mm-hmm. like, somebody could be coming out for a third squat, and there could be a little, you know, box that shows up on the screen. Oh, their best meat squat is this. Or, you know, they're going for a this many kilo PR. Or, like, by the time you get to deadlifts, they have kind of a – You know, they'll take just the top two names off of that lifting cast scoreboard and show, like, what the gap is and what this person would need to deadlift in order to edge Mm -hmm. out the other person. Like, just constantly giving some sort of visual stimulus outside of just the regular, you know, open platform that you're going to see.
0: Yeah, and then when there's a big lift, too, I mean, we have kind of a, a great company doing this with open powerlifting like have their stats being run like only six competitors in usapl history have deadlifted 700 pounds or something or like this is the only like his percentile in deadlift is like 0.1 percent of the uh, usapl competitors like all that stuff will be great in between um also an idea that just flashed in my head was like a cool while you're getting things set up is have like gino or something have like a side where he explains the sport to you you know what i mean yeah. like or like the history of it or just something little like you know this is what you know bombing out is or something or i mean this is just like ideas coming off the top of my head but i think that'll be really viewer friendly but what because yeah. i'm envisioning in my head like what i envision would be a product in espn and it would just be so many dynamic cameras camera angles like on a yeah. bench like something overhead or, so, like, something overhead to see it, or, like, closer to the chest or something, or, like, a zoom-in yeah. on it, too, when there's a grind. Like, all that stuff, but when I look at the bare bones, when I look at just what we have, it's still better than what we see on ESPN, for as far yeah. as powerlifting yeah. goes. Like, if you just throw the shitty live stream, the USAPL, with that one shot, it's better than WPO already. Way better. It's, you know, like, you know,
1: I'm, you know what's crazy? You, USAPL even gets more angles, like, They'll get more angles. Like it's not just that one shot. They mm-hmm. get like very macro angles where like you're looking directly like at the competitor that's lifting. Like they do do a decent job of like switching up the angles here and there. Yeah. The I think I think it's Ron Nationals and Arnold. I believe, yeah, yeah.
2: What I like that you said there about Gino is like everybody knows that you know meets are more exciting when you have Gino there because he's like the personality. So one thing I was thinking is like with boxing having michael buffer right when he introduces the fighters and he says let's get ready to rumble right like that he's not the commentator for the whole time but that's an aspect of the fight that people really like so gino to me is like that right? gino is like the michael buffer so like in between lifts you you pan over to you have a camera that's ready for gino and it's him hyping up the lift or him explaining something between lifts like because of the nature of the sport, you need to create more constant back and forth mm-hmm. in other ways, right? And that would be a way. You cut to him. You cut back to the lifter. It's just you're artificially making it look more fast-paced than it yeah. actually
0: is. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just love to see – I mean, if you think Gino is energetic for the crowd that's at Raw Nationals and the Arnold, imagine when he knows a camera's on him at all yeah. times. Like, <laughs> it's going to be intensity times a 1,000. It's going to be – I mean <laughs> – I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, excited to have goosebumps just thinking about him being able to introduce a lifter and then, you know, say what's on the line. Like, he's he's trying to pull for first place, people, and all you listeners at home or all you viewers at home, he's pulling for first place. Like, that would be awesome yeah. to watch. And, yeah, and and you could do so much with the camera, like, out of the back in the warm-up room and following the lifter mm-hmm. out due to a deadlift and then changing the camera angle as soon as you're about to deadlift. Or even during a SWAT, yeah. like I, I like you know hit the smelling salts, go on the platform, boom. That's that would be pretty uh, viewer fr- friendly. So, I yeah, I'm, I'm really liking these ideas you guys got going. Like the 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 vision of it is there, but I I always go back to just if you're just going to market something, I always say look at the look at ground zero. Like the the ground zero for us is just so much better than what I've seen. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, look at the potential. Like, look at the live stream of USAPL. It's not dynamic yet, but look how much better it is. Look at the di- look at the little... The, the graphics that we have. It's good. It's mm-hmm. like you're on first attempt, second attempt. It's it's just quote-unquote better in the most blunt yeah. way.
1: Well, I couldn't even believe that, like... Once again, no offense to, to the uh, people that ran the uh, Julius Maddox thing, but I just couldn't believe that. I was like, the uh, Still by, still like I was just like, bro, like, <laughs> I just, I, I was just shocked. I was like, wow, we, like Raw Nationals is thirties
2: and a lot bro, more engaging. You, you had kids on the platform in like cargo shorts and flip flops. Like I was just, bro, like, it was like, so
1: it's... unprofessional. And what, what I was confused about, we're well, not confused about, because I, I, I mean, they're a federation that's just like you know, they very uh, loose there's just a shit ton of people like on the platform. Like you couldn't even like, I think they had to, they had to keep one camera angle because if you got any time to angle, like you wouldn't be able to see anything. You wouldn't be able to see anything. Like mm-hmm. they have so many people on the platform. I'm like, how is that even possible? Like it was very confusing.
0: So many know. people and they still couldn't see what weight was being loaded on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine yeah. that 37 yeah. people on the platform. Not one thought like, Hey, is there an extra 25 kilo on one side there? Like, Nope. None of them. Not even the head judge, but yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Another thing that happened. So, you know, I mean, I think you've had Garrett on this podcast before. Maybe, maybe not.
0: Yes. You just beat him um, for most. You broke the tie. Most appearances yeah, of, on two
2: white lights. So Garrett fear one of, you know, one of the guys I coach, he was there and he was helping out with the organization of the event. And he was telling me that right before Julius was ready to go, somebody who was organizing the event was like, go chalk the floor. And Garrett's like, why the fuck would i do that like why that's a terrible <laughs> idea and they were like go chalk the floor go chalk the floor he's like all right i'm gonna go chalk the floor what? <laughs> do, do they have do they have carpet like carpet yeah it's or? carpet i like just because chalk helps your hand stick to the bar out it, like on carpet between your shoes it's gonna make you yeah. slip like yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. i don't know oh man wow. i didn't know that that's pretty hilarious yeah. Yeah, also, it's not a powerlifting event unless Garrett Fears there, right? The where's Waldo and <laughs> powerlifting uh, is Garrett <laughs> it every,
2: every, uh, every big high-profile lift, he has to make sure he's in the in the main
0: shot. I just was watching ESPN and watching kind of the awkward introductions to it. And I hate to shit on people, like, because I know it's hard it, and it's got to be nerve-wracking, but it was so awkward, like, the introductions of the lifters who are bench-pressing. I felt bad for the guy like doing it. I'm like, ah, shit. He's not a TV personality. I feel bad for him. But then in the background, I just see Garrett with his fanny pack just walking. I'm like, oh, here it is. Powerlifting event has just started. Garrett Fear is there.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, you got it. I was just gonna say like I, I just feel like just even something like that. Like I feel like Ryan and uh, and uh, Gino are literally made for TV. Like mm-hmm. I don't see them. I don't see them faltering in moments like that. Like when it's time to shine, I feel like. There
0: would be characters in the piloting, uh community that would easily take their Mm-hmm. What I'm a little afraid of is like ESPN kind of putting their hands into it, where it's like, okay, we're gonna get this guy from ESPN to commentate it, and be like, man, fuck that guy, he's not a powerlifter. Like, don't <laughs> have him commentate shit for powerlifting. And that will probably happen. You will get some like ESPN influence onto it, which I mean, you can't say no to it, right? Because yeah. I, I think it's uh. We need them a lot more than they need us as far as like ratings go and getting the product on mm-hmm. there but if i see some guy on ESPN like try to talk about powerlifting i'm going to get a little urge to be like hey man can you just ask another powerlifter to do this can you hire someone else but that that would be a tricky part of it too is like me thinking yeah. about it I think
2: i think you know like Russ said i totally agree i think Ryan and and Gino are the the showmen so to speak for the sport mm-hmm. I do think if this were to happen, if I had to guess, like, Ryan would be the one to go. They would keep Gino, and they would, you know, try to replace Ryan if that were to happen, if they ever, you know, wanted to bring in their own guy, just because the the optics of Gino in the pirate, you know, costume and all that stuff, like, I think it's a lot easier to see that and expect, like, yeah, this, we're going to keep this, this is going to be good, but like, a bald dude wearing regular clothes, you'd be like, oh, we could find somebody who who we know will do their job
0: but he's doing the commentary but he's doing the commentary right you just need the voice
2: i know but i'm saying that there's not there's not any reason for them to believe that they would do a better job than Mm. somebody that they have other than your word but they're going to be like Mm -hmm. we make hundreds of millions of dollars like shut the fuck up you know we're going
0: to do it yeah that's that's kind of the, the the worry there and on top of that Ryan Ryan does more IPF stuff, right? Because he's in the Canadian kind of thing, so yeah, exactly. he doesn't really commentate USAPL stuff. Any anyway, I'm just any yeah. powerlifting meet, you get Ryan <laughs> there, and it'll be great as far as as yeah. far as live stream commentary goes. Um, and that was it's another like point I was thinking of too is just having ha- having and then you know we were talking about Raw Nationals so much. There's so many other meets you can do and bring a spotlight to awesome meets that happen like. You right. can go to PowerFest in Texas and really have something special there and have the production value there. You could have the Arnold. Like, it's not just one meet we're talking about. We're not talking about WPO, whatever they call it, the Super Championships or something. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like four or five potential USAPL meets that you can have broadcasted.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, I think that
0: like with Nationals,
2: I think that's one that you can really build up and, and make a whole show out of it. Um, I can't remember if it was if it was John Hack or Candido telling me this and you know I apologize to whichever one I was wrong about but I remember one of them saying the "Powerlifting is more likely to be like a, a highlight reel like okay. seeing it in the ESPN top 10 so like for an idea like what you just had in terms of like you know the the power fest or one of these regional meets or the Arnold whatever um I think that if you could make like uh, a, a highlight reel of one of those meets right like my concern and, and your guys concern about like the optics and the pace of the sport like that gets eliminated when you can just quickly show a squad or show a deadlift and and just put that together in this little moment mm-hmm. of hype um you know i think that gives it more exposure without putting as much into an event that might not get the same you might not get the return <laughs> one. yeah
0: yeah i agree with that that makes sense yeah and then I think one thing that we failed to mention, and this is my big speaking point that I got a lot of heat on, uh, was the fact that if you're bringing a product to ESPN, I think the product should be drug tested and drug free. And, but I think if you're bringing like a a product to ESPN, you can't be like, well, you have to bring up the fact that steroid accusations are going to happen, anything strength related. And if you have that selling point of, These guys are drug tested at the end of the day. Certain competitors are. You can check databases. That would be a lot easier sell than being like the USPA uh, and APF and WPO philosophy and tendency to be like, I'm going to do, because I hear this too much and I hate it. I fucking hate this, is a fucking 17-year-old kid thinking about being on steroids and the first thing they say is like, you got to do what it takes to break those records. Like, Uh, that was brother. It's like, it's like, shut up, dude. No, shut the fuck up, dude. It's like, if the product is drug-free, those numbers are the important one, the drug-free, the drug-tested numbers. Yeah. Like, you can strive for that. Let's make that the norm as opposed to a 17-year-old, like, man, I got to do what it takes to break records and win competitions. Like, you don't really need to do that. You could just train really hard yeah. and break the drug-free records.
2: I think that, I think that it helps to, to mention that. Like, I think that is a plus about the USAPL um, and bringing that product to ESPN. Um, but I think that professional, like Thor, for example, Julius Maddox, for example, and even professional sports, like we have an assumption of drug free. And I say, we, I mean the people who are just not in on the sport, like people assume drug free until, until shown otherwise, I think like to say professional sports are drug free is, is nonsense. Right. But, but people are under that impression. I've also, you know, I've through my years of people knowing that I lift, right, like I'll have people mention Thor Bjornsson or Ronnie Coleman. They'll be like, is he on steroids? And, like, you hear that question and you're just like, are you, like, is this really a question you're asking? Like, is it not blatantly obvious? So, but it really isn't to a lot of people. So I think that what's been shown so far has just been, like, you know, don't ask, don't tell sort
0: of thing. But, but if I could interrupt you, the product that was shown was WPO Meats, and the reason why it was shown, because of West Side First World, and if you watch that documentary, Louis Simmons says, oh, you take a bunch of drugs, and you know you train really hard, and you'll you have an 800-pound bench. Like, mm-hmm. if the power, like If you're watching it, and you have an interest in it, you're going to go and research these people, and to PowerLifter's credit, they are open about their drug use if they are in an untested fed and I still don't think that's the most marketable thing to do and in all honesty I don't think that's the that's the direction I don't want to see the sport go in and the fact that it was the norm for a little bit mm-hmm. and when I hear people talk about powerlifting that it was the norm I I wish I could just kind of reverse it into the other way where the norm is drug tested lifting
1: Yeah, I think the difference. I think I think the difference too is like sports. Okay, so there's sports on ESPN that they don't have drug testing, like really done. But when it comes to powerlifting, the athletes that do that do compete on tested federations and use drugs. They're very vocal and open about it, which is going to slash marketing dollars, and that's not going to you just you just demolish your marketability, right? So like world strongman, we all know. I mean, they're probably using some type of. Uh, PEDs, but they don't talk about it. That's not even like a thing that, I don't think they really touch upon Only The only person that really has, I think is maybe Eddie, and that's pretty much it. Everyone's pretty much just like, you don't really talk about it. So you can kind of have that, I mean, they never say they've done it, and they don't test for it, so you just, uh, so yeah, I think, I think uh, being drug tested is, is a big component to it. Um, whether you believe that all the athletes are natural or not mm-hmm. uh once again that, that just goes back to being marketable. like if you're out there just talking about, oh yeah oh, oh, i blast trend and then i go and <laughs> like you no know, this this of shit like it's just not marked at the end of the day yeah um, could be true but the fact that you're saying it on a consistent basis like that's just not going to be put on a national platform mm-hmm. to be digested by like an audience
2: yeah you're, you're definitely right there. I, I guess I didn't, you know, think of that immediately when I said what I said. But the, the culture and powerlifting on the untested side is people are super, super open about it. And, like, even though there are plenty of people in professional sports who use, like, there's there's never any mention of, okay. of drugs in, in any sports. So, you know, you're definitely right there. So
0: Yeah, then, again, like, where Instagram is so popular, uh, like, if you go to USPA meet or APF meet in Illinois, and I have many experiences with this, you see a fucking guy wearing a shirt saying, must be the trend, and, or just a (laughs) syringe on his shirt, like, people are going to see that, and and that's a a powerlifting brand throwing that product out there, (laughs) so if you start going, if you start going into a deep dive on Instagram, and you're a new viewer looking in, it's like... Um, that's weird. You're wearing a shirt that just has a syringe on it and, you know, saying it must be the trend <laughs> or some shit. Like it's not, like I said, not marketable. And it, you have seen it because uh, Thor actually was interviewed once and I bought up on the show so many times because it was a very funny moment, like how out of touch people are with powerlifting and strongman is Thor just said, like, yeah, I take steroids to an ESPN reporter and the ESPN reporter was like taken back to it. And then he could, t- and he, like, he could tell that he's like, oh, fuck, this person doesn't know anything about Strongman. They probably had to, they probably got given this assignment. They probably wanted to interview, like, fucking Kevin Durant or some shit. But they're like, oh, no, we're giving that to one of our higher-ups. You can have uh the Mountain on Game of Thrones. Like, all right, fuck. And, like, doing their whole journalistic spiel thing. And then he could quickly realize, like, oh, shit. And then he's like, can we just not talk about this anymore? <laughs> and just kind of diverted the attention completely, and it was, it was a funny moment. I think Deadlift Tom Dead posted it. I'm like, oh man, that's that's kind of the reality is uh, people are pretty out of touch with what happens in strange sports. But yeah, I just yeah just a little note there I put in my head that if you do watch WPO meets, you're gonna be d- dive deeper. You're gonna see a lot of lot of lot of meatheads talking about their steroid use, and I don't think that's a good message to send high school kids.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. I think I have a very unpopular opinion about steroids. Like I'm When, very, when don't
0: you have an unpopular opinion? <laughs>
2: I'm very I'm very laissez-faire, I'm very libertarian, like people can do whatever yeah. they want. I mean, I perceive it as a drug addiction. Like it is literally a your body is it's a physical dependency to maintain your body's current functions. Like when you're on steroids, <laughs> it is a in, like you're depending on a drug to maintain your body as it is now. And if you remove that drug, your body is completely different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people can do whatever they want, but that's just, that's just the way that I look at it. It's no, you know, it's not really different in function from, from any other drug that you use. Yeah. You're continuing to use something and dependent on something to maintain your current state. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I think if you listen to, I'll uh, be, a guess of all kinds on two I lights when they tied a, to- when they say i mean again open about the use but then you know the question comes would you recommend this others they always say no it's like they always say no we like i would i would go the drug free drug tested route as opposed to the other route so it's uh, it's an interesting thing when you like seriously talk to them about it but we're running a little short on time so i want to get these questions out of there pretty rapid fire questions if so in this scenario USAPL is on ESPN we're there. Who do you guys think of all the power lifters would be the fan favorite? I will give uh, Sean the first one. Russ. Russ. Are you saying that because he's mm-hmm. not in the room but on a Zoom meeting? No. <laughs> I'm trying to, I know I'm fucking with you, but <laughs>
2: I mean, if I'm being totally honest. Like you know, Russ has a lot of charisma. He's a very likable person. Like people like his his swag and his style, and that's mm-hmm. why so many people you know subscribe to him. Not just like. You know, a YouTube subscription, but like subscribe to his his message on all different platforms on social media. I feel like people gravitate toward that kind of personality, and I and I think that since Russ has come onto the scene in the USAPL, more people have tried to be that type of personality within the sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, headbands, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> I head-
1: actually go with I'll go with Ray for different reasons. Um, I feel like. When it comes to when it comes to something like powerlifting, I think a lot more people will pay attention to okay, who's moving the most, like the the most model weight, period. And I think that since Ray is the top of the super heavyweights, I think that just with his charisma and the way he comes on to the platform, um, he's he's reminiscent of a football player. And since football is <laughs> the biggest sport in American in Americans in America on America in America, I think that he would probably be the most popular and, and he's very humble as well mm-hmm. so i think that'll play well um i yeah i think i think it'll be right uh i think it could be right too so mm-hmm. um yeah yeah swag too like i don't know i i gravitate towards him like when i first saw him i was like damn i was like i was in like, this round being like my, we're like like an og like in uh in football like like someone that was like maybe like a senior when you're a freshman he was like trying to show, show you the way and like i don't know that's how i view it
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to go a different route on this. I would say Heather Connor. I would say the markability of her just being, you know, a tiny female who could lift a shit ton of weight is, and especially, like, if you see individual sports, I think females are starting to really come on the scene. Like, if you look at mixed martial arts, and you look at even a professional wrestling, like, people are starting to really, the fan favorites, are becoming the female competitor or the female fighter or that. And I think... People can really relate to Heather due to the fact that, one, you know, a not extremely jacked female, but an extremely strong female. And also what the personality has is very bubbly and, yes. you know, fun, zany. So um, I would uh, I would go with her on that one. But I love both your choices. I would that would probably be my ones and two. Russ, Ray, Heather. If I was going to give you a female, who would you say?
2: I'm going to be biased as hell. I'm going to say Daniela. Yeah. (laughs) I think that the, you know, obviously her, her strength, but also like, I think her personality, just a lot of people gravitate, gravitate toward her, like very, you know, happy, easygoing, like likable personality on social media. I think that she also has, you know, like we said with the, you know, the distribution of like what weight classes most women are in. Like, I think that she sits around, you know, where most female powerlifters would be, where most women would be in in weight class, let's say, um, I think that she's just I'm being biased. I think she's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I, I expected that answer, but I would agree with you on that too. Um, that would be one of my highest choices, uh, Russ. How about you? Like a female fan favorite?
1: Uh, female power female powerlifter that all I would have to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously it'd be my beautiful girlfriend, like Martha is a beast, like, she's perfect, like she's super charismatic, like I think that honestly if she was put on the national stage, like what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> I just realized I'm the only one not dating a powerlifter in this chat. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll rethink my questions later. But yeah, no, but, but,
1: no, but, I, no, but being serious, I, I agree with uh, I agree with Sean. I think I think <laughs> I think her and uh, her and, and Amanda uh, would, would definitely be on that platform just because they are um, they're the biggest draw in <laughs> the powerlifting. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh, and I think the story. People the story there too. Yeah. Like I was that IPF worlds where it was one and two. I said that so yeah. many times, like that was what I was tuning in for IPF worlds for. I mean, of course I was, yeah. you know, Taylor Atwood, um, was there too. I was really intrigued in that you, of course, Russ, but that number, the number one storyline I was looking towards was the battle between mellow and Lawrence. Um, like yeah. I was, I was fully, fully invested in and it, good reason Two of the best female lifters in the world, both American, Ooh. Both going head to head, and it, it it was and it was really awesome to see. And both killed it too. I fucking love that. Both killed it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Alright, so if I ask that question, I gotta ask this question. Who would be the least favorite? If a viewers tuning in, it's like, <laughs> man, fuck that dude. Or a girl, um, who would no, it be?
2: I can't answer this. I I can't answer it because I have an answer. I'm not I'm pleading the favor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. This is this is a, this is what we call in the industry a wait, ratings grab. This is how wait, we get least, those least, views up. At least
1: like in general?
0: I mean, just like if you saw him on TV, just like, man, fuck. This guy, uh, he's the uh who's who fucking like old like an old Dell Beckham type guy, like, man, he's good, but fuck do people hate him? Or her? What?
1: People don't... don't
0: know, what goes. the hell what are you talking, talking about? about? People fucking can't stand that, dude. No, 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 no. no.
1: The media... Dude. Bro, bro, you better... I follow... I, no, hold on, hold on. I follow OBJ on... Bro, every dude wants to be OBJ. Like, no... Like, I definitely. would love
0: to be OBJ, of course. I would trade lives with... I would trade Le, lives with LeBron, too. But occasionally, he does some annoying-ass things that I'm like, fuck, I just kind of want you to lose so, sometimes.
1: So what I'm, say- what I'm saying is, like, the viewing public, and, like, yeah. they they don't care. But the media and stuff like that, they go on his ass, for sure. But yeah, I, I, I do agree They're with
0: like, you on that. But yeah, yeah. still, at, at a point where you're just, like, looking at him, like, <laughs> it's all. So, I mean, you could hate someone for being perfect. I mean, if I'm going to give my answer, because just I know you that. guys are a little hesitant right now, I think people would not like Sean. Just not like him.
1: <laughs> they would look I'll at the still,
0: bench so, and be so pissed I'm off not- at him.
1: No, no, no. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say Sean just because I wasn't hesitating. I was just like, I was trying to like feel out like what you meant. I, like, I know, like Sean, but Sean knows, like, it's. So oh yeah, Sean's a very Sean's a very polarizing person, and that's why he's um, one of my with, favorite people in powerlifting. So, it's yeah. So it's either it's either you fuck with him or you fucking hate his guts. <laughs> so, like, I think with the way Sean lifts, like Sean lifts on the very like technical side of powerlifting, which isn't very appealing to the outside eye like if you, you have to be like it's kind of like the concept of like the single five stuff right you have to be within the community to truly respect like what he does so it's like from the outside looking in you're gonna be like man what the fuck like yada yada like what the hell um but from the inside you know like no like that's he's literally spent, put the time into more mold his technique and his body to uh move efficiently um, yeah. at that weight so um, I think from the outside looking in, uh, he would he would be the most. Hated.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we, we are
2: talking so about outside I'll, looking I'll, in. I'll, here. I'll complete the I'll complete the trifecta and say myself then. Um, yeah, <laughs> Unanimous. You, Russ, Unanimous. Russ knows because the the gamer Tyler One loves Russ. After Rod <laughs> <laughs> after Ron I don't know who Tyler One is, Angelo, but he's this he's this like little gremlin meathead He's like. He's just. Hey, this, Tyler,
1: Tyler, that's Sean saying that. I didn't say that. I did not call you Me Head Gremlin. I didn't say he that. Was,
2: he was doing a recap of Raw Nationals, like eating a Subway sandwich. And, like, Russ would come on stream. He'd be like, let's go, Russ. Fuck yeah, baby. And then I would come on screen. <laughs> he would be like, what the fuck is this retard? <laughs> this bench arch, this two inch range of motion. It's like fucking bullshit. Like, he hated my guts. Absolutely hated me. Every lift I did, like it the wide squat, the the arch bench, sumo deadlift, like I definitely agree with you on that. People like seeing lifts that like look harder. Like mm-hmm. when lifts look harder, they look more impressive. Yeah. Like lay down on the bench and just, you know, like Chesnificent, just crazy long ROM, no tech. People are like, that's impressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I agree with that. And, yeah, of course, this is all outsider's perspective looking in because I'm not telling guys like who to – who would be the guy that, you know, us powerlifters would dislike? It's definitely from the viewers looking in. And I think, wh- I, mean, I mean, the evidence is there. Like, if you, an everyday viewer or just an outsider looking in on powerlifting, they see Russia, um, Sean's bench and like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, what's going on? Um, and I think that will happen to, like, the guy who doesn't know about powerlifting. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would I would definitely put Pug up there, too. Um, even on the platform, he could rub people off the wrong way. So, and I'm a pug fan because I'm in, you know, the sport, but at the same time, like a viewer looking at pug, the way he like kind of winks at the camera, you can probably get like a little (laughs) bit of hate there and shit. And like, and I think once a camera, if the cameras are ESPN on him, it'll be magnified a little bit.
2: All right, since mm. since you since you since you gave another answer I'll, I'll give a
0: mind. shit ton of answers. I don't care. I think I think, <laughs>
2: I think Taylor would be one of them. I think Taylor like I think he's been very successful but also is super cocky about okay. it. So there are some people who value um, humility, there are some people who like the cockiness. So I think he'll split a line there personality-wise where some people will be like Oh, he's you know undisputed the best. He deserves to be cocky, kind of like with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, right. Where like, you either love him or hate him. Where like he's undeniably undefeated. You know, give credit where credit's due. He's the guy who deserves to be that cocky. But then there are other people like this guy's an asshole.
0: Yeah. Oh. I think the haircut does it why for him too. So. The haircut. <laughs> the haircut's kind of like a villainy haircut. Like it's like, why is it so nice? What's going on? Why is it? He looks like a. um, I think I said this on the show before. He kind of looks like a evil like real estate investor. (laughs) Like he's always like scheming up to something, or like a like a like a wolf of Wall Street kind of guy. Like he's always in nice suits.
1: It's funny because, like, for me, like, I'm just now figuring out that that's nice hair. I didn't know that. Like, not, not, saying, it's, not saying it's not nice hair, but oh. I always thought that Michael, Michael C. had the nicest hair because he had, like, a fucking sea of waves and shit. And, and I just not how hard it is to get that.
0: Oh, and I'll, and I'll say this right now. The most overrated hair in USAPL and all of powerlifting is Taylor Atwood. I am sick of hearing about how nice his hair is. It's not that nice. I could do that. I could do that shit. could do that shit tomorrow so if my, I wanted. My,
1: my whole thing is, I remember when someone asked me, do you think I have nicest hair? I'm like, what kind of question is that? But I think, it's, I think it's Michael because it takes, like, an actual, there's, like, an actual technique to putting wage in your hair. It's not, like, you just don't get a style. Like, that's, like, effort, like, over a course of, like, months and yeah, years. It, to it's individual situation.
2: effort, whereas Taylor's effort yeah. is on the side of his barber. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I would be biased and say myself because I wake up and my hair is awesome. So it's like I could put a hat on and it's like fucking great, dude. It's awesome. It's perfect. Like that's why everyone – like uh, Ryan says that a lot, like best hair and powerlifting Taylor. But I'm like, what? I mean I could do that. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could go to a barber, get my hair done like Taylor and have the best hair and powerlifting. It's that easy. I burned a lot of bridges by doing this. I love doing this, by the way. Just burning a ton of bridges for future guests on Two White Lights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you're expecting to have them on anytime soon, man. I reached out to him before. I think I could get him on. He would, and it would be great because maybe I'll rub him the wrong way. And that is the greatest episode ever. A guy who's really upset at the guy talking to him. That's like a Jim Rome, Chris Ever uh, situation. So, all right. Awesome answers. I love it. We're going to wrap up the show guys. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And hey, you know, funny thing. I
1: thought your name was, uh, I thought your name on Instagram was 14 year old power.
0: Yep, you were one of the many. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean had to tell me it was Fortino, right? Fortino. Fortino, okay. please remember my name, Russ. Yeah. It's like if the fact no, if no, you no. if you remember my name, that'll be fantastic. <laughs> I really would like you to know my name.
1: <laughs> I swear, I was, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, bro. Oh, uh, I, like someone, I was like, yeah, Fortino Paris killing it. And Sean goes, was oh, I dude. I was like, oh shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so when I first interviewed you, did you think I was 14 years old? Uh, no. no. All right, right, good. Good. That, I, that I makes you smarter that like than 75% of powerlifting.
1: I thought it was, like, a troll. I was like, what's your like,
2: When Russ said it, he was like, I thought it was, like, some meme thing. Like, I thought it was just, like, some, some troll name. You know, what's, yeah. you know
0: what's funny? I was so happy of the <laughs> fact that I put, like, I was able to put my last name on something without ever putting my last name on something, but it backfired oh. horribly because I legit, someone came up to me at the gym and was like, are you that 14-year-old power lifter? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not him. I'm not that person you're thinking. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, no, like, your handle is 14 years old. I'm like, no, what? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess it backfired because <laughs> I didn't put my actual – I coded my last name into a handle. So you guys oh have very – this,
1: this guy's been 14 for like two years now.
0: Dog. <laughs> Dude, I should get way more recognition. Deadlifting 750 at 14? Come on, give me some fucking credit. Give me more also, credit, King I, I,
1: I hate those comments. Oh, I'm 14. I can download 700 pounds. I don't give two shits, man. Like, <laughs> what?
0: Fuck. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great? Because you're probably used to this, Russ, uh, getting comments on your videos. Like, hey, I'm 19 years old. Check out my 225 bench press on my page. There are... I, hate, I, just
1: hate com- I just hate comments. It's <laughs> like, bro, I'm 17. I squat 600. Is this good? No. <laughs> I, I literally, every, time they, every time they say it, it could be phenomenal. I just be like, no, it's not. I was like, just try more. Some kid some kid, like, some kid commented, uh, he commented, oh, I'm like 17, I can bench 300, is that good? I was like, no, you should, you should do like 330.
0: <laughs> yeah, at that age, you should definitely be pressing uh, a lot better than that. But yeah. 12 all of our 17-year-old lifters, you ain't shit if you're, if you're, back, to, if you're back to 300. <laughs> all right, boys, I know you have busy nights ahead of you. Thank you again for coming on Two White Lights, and I uh, hope to have you on again sometime. Maybe close to whatever meet's going to happen where we're all competing at yeah for sure for that'd sure. be nice alright peace guys uh, take care alright man oh baby I
1: like it right, yeah baby I like it oh baby I like it oh baby I like it oh shimmy shimmy y'all shimmy yeah shimmy yeah give me the mic so I can take it away both on the natural charge bomb for you from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad.